Studio Tortu presents Deep Folk, Tales from the Generator. Deep Folk is a first-person adventure radio drama created using AI Dungeon Dragon Engine. folk adventurers and welcome to brother chili act one episode one the new abbot arrives this episode was created and read by malcolm sutherland you are brother chili a novice priest in the fast food order you're a fry brother running the deep fryer and providing fried potatoes and deep fried burgers to the people in the local community of dogtown Abbot Frankfurter, on the eve of a long-awaited promotion to shift manager, has mysteriously died. All that was found was an empty can of canola oil and a hastily scrawled company memo. This is where we begin our story. Welcome to Brother Chili, Episode 1. Shadowy figures argue in the pale moonlight. A group of brothers and the deacon are arguing in a knot. It's an obvious act of terrorism by Brother Cola Open, the deacon spits. You butt in and say, Excuse me, deacon. I think Brother Cola Open had nothing to do with this. He's half brain dead and spends his days counting bubbles in the cola syrup. The brotherhood falls silent, glaring at you. He does not, one cries. Look, it's obvious this is the work of a devil. Our honored abbot, Father Furter, has been found dead, lying on the floor with a can of cola oil and a post-it note. You take the post-it note and hold it up to the flickering light of a nearby sconce. In hastily written scrawl, it says, Deliver to Abbot Frank one canola oil. There, what does that tell you, you nay emptily, that our beloved abbot died of a heart attack, writing something that he thought was important but actually wasn't. The deacon and the other brothers grumble and shuffle their feet. Soon the crowd starts to disperse, and as he leaves, the deacon turns back to you. Don't mention this to anyone, but Sister Olive will be coming tomorrow to do the autopsy. You nod solemnly, then wander back off to the friars. You spend a feverish night cooking hundreds of batches of fries by candlelight, turning over the clues in your head. When the morning finally comes, you wander out into the dining room and see a horse-drawn hack pulling up to the front door. With a creak and a thud, the coachman hops down and opens the back door of the carriage. You gasp when you see who is seated inside. Sister Olive is a middle-aged nun of middling height and build, her face serene and kindly. You met her once at confession. She had given you absolution for eating non-deep-fried meat on a weekday. You say, Grease be with you, Sister Olive. And with you, Fry Brother, Olive says as she gets out of the carriage. Her habit is rustled as she descends, and in her hand she is holding a black doctor's bag. You say, I trust you've been told the details of the good abbot's untimely death. Yes, on the way here, it certainly is a grim tale, Sister Olive coughs. (coughs) I shall begin the autopsy in the abbot's quarters. You lead her there through the twisting hallways and throw open the door to his bedroom. You say, Is there anything I can do for you, sister? Yes, 
Please boil me a pot of water. Olive nods to the small, pot-bellied stove in one corner of the room. In silence, you fetch firewood and light the stove, smoking the flames until they are a harsh blue. You are just nodding off when Olive speaks up. <clears throat> it's ready, she says. You walk with the pot of water to Olive, who gingerly takes it from you. Be very careful now, she says. You suddenly feel a presence behind you and turn to see a bulbous head sticking out of the doorframe. Brother Cola opens, smiles a dumb smile, and nods at the pot of water. Bubbles, he says. Olive sighs. Give me that, she says. No, screams the creature as he's dragged back through the door. Olive rolls her eyes and sets the pot down on a table, then turns to you with a smile. Don't mind him, she sighs. You say, well then, sister, I will go down and leave you to your autopsy. Thank you, Fry Brother, Olive says. I have everything I need. I shall begin this solemn task immediately. You nod respectfully to Olive and turn to leave, closing the door behind you. But as you're leaving, you meet Brother Truffle coming in. You say, Grease be with you, brother. And also with you, brother, he says, flashing a golden tooth at you. I am here to estimate the value of the abbot's personal effects, to be able to give the bishop his valuation. Do you know what happened? You say, I don't know, brother. Do you think the bishops in upper management will anoint the abbot to sainthood? I certainly hope so, Brother Truffle says with a chuckle. Three employees of the month award should do it. Enough evidence of decent deeds and theological orthodoxy, it goes without saying. You wander back to the kitchen, listening to the quiet bustle of monks going about their duties. As you step up into the steel and stone kitchen, Brother Cheeseburger looks up from his station and shouts, Order up! The other monks in the kitchen look up and take the call. Order up! They all chant. You say, Thank you, brothers. Grease be with you. The brothers all nod to you and turn back to their duties. You grab an apron and start tying it on as you man your station. From the hallway, you hear a weak voice, one which has not been heard in this abbey for over ten years. I'll trouble you for some coffee if you please, Brother Chili. You look to the hall and see a frail elderly man with a neatly trimmed white beard. His eyes are large and owlish behind silver-rimmed spectacles, and his face is kind and wrinkled. Father Custard, you say, overjoyed to see him again. Brother Chili. What brings you here, Father Custard? Did you arrive with Sister Olive? Custard pauses for a moment, then shakes his head. I do not believe I know a Sister Olive, he says. I sailed here from the capital aboard the same carrier as the new abbot. His name is Father Santuzzo. How can there already be a new abbot? Abbot Furter just passed away last night, and under mysterious circumstances too, I might add. Custard shakes his head grimly, then goes to a nearby chair in the hallway and sits down holding his head in his hands. What's wrong, Father? you say. Custard does not look up. The new abbot killed the old one. What? you say. The new abbot killed the old one. Custard's face twists into a grimace. And I believe he was behind the disappearance of your parents as well, Brother Chili. But my parents live in the village tin. Custard raises his hand. Your parents were sailors, but they were murdered and fished out of the harbor nearly twenty days ago and their boat was sent adrift. 
What? And Santuzo did this? Custard shakes his head slowly. When I was with the Archbishop in the city yesterday, it seemed out of the question. But from what I have since found out, without your abbot Furter to threaten his position, he and the rest of upper management became eager to find someone new for the job. It's unfortunate that your parents have become involved. You notice you're not alone in the hallway and Custard has not lowered his voice. A passing monk, Brother Pepperoni, smiles as if to tell you that everything is all right. Custard sees him and glares at the smiling brother, then leads you into a secluded area and speaks quietly. Is it proper to say such things? No, I'm sorry. We will need to speak a little more later. Suddenly, a loud voice bursts from a nearby loudspeaker in the wall. The words are difficult to understand, but the tone is cold and angry. You think it has something to do with french fries. Custard winces and looks around nervously. The speaker seems to be attached to some sort of alarm. Red lights flash on and off, accompanied by a loud wailing noise. Shift change, you realize. Ah, and they're out of fries. To your station, Brother Chili. We will speak later. Custard pushes you towards the kitchen as several black-clad monks rush past you in the direction of the larder. You rush into the kitchen. For the next several hours, you help cook and serve food, including potatoes and fried seafood. But strangely, no burgers cross your workstation. As the rush begins to die down, you turn to a fellow brother and ask what happened. Shh, the chefs will hear you. He leans toward you. A new shipment of potatoes was ruined by a pickle-bearing earthquake, so we have no burgers to offer the townsfolk today. You decide to head back to the dormitory earlier than usual. As you head down to the dorms, your mind wanders once again to thoughts of your parents. Could it be true? You picture them, a loving couple, running a thriving fishing business in the coastal town of Tin. Could they really be dead? Something inside you wants to disbelieve this and you wonder if Custard truly knows the full story behind your parents' disappearance and the mysterious death of Father Frankfurter. You reach the end of the hall just as the elevator doors begin to close. You jump between the closing doors into the empty elevator car. You wait patiently, rocking back and forth on the tips of your toes as the elevator begins its descent to the dorm level. Suddenly something goes horribly wrong. The elevator lurches and begins falling down the dark chute at a rapid speed. You're stuck inside. You beat on the door, but it will not open. Slowly, the floor counter button goes down from two to zero to minus one. As you plummet down towards the bottom, the elevator car comes to a soft landing and the doors open into complete darkness. A soft blue light appears some distance in front of you. The light grows slowly stronger as you walk towards it. As it gets brighter, you begin to see strange things on either side of you. Strange, top-heavy, unfamiliar machines. Rubber wheels the size of giant pizzas. You realize you have gone too far down into the lower food processing storehouses. Legend has it that this is where unsoilable meat and food is stored, and other things for slow cooking. The fluorescent lights that should be lighting these storage rooms are either burned out or have shut off automatically to conserve power. The only sound is the humming of the massive refrigeration units and the dripping of coolant on the stone floor. Suddenly a voice breaks the silence. Brother Chili, 
It's too bad you were so friendly with old Father Custard. You searched the dark aisles for the voice. He told you much, didn't he? A little too much, I fear. You follow the voice up and around a bend in the aisle. A cold wind blows towards you, chilling you to the bone. Crumpled near the base of an aisle sign is the shriveled corpse of Father Frankfurter. You approach his dead body and can see that the freezer behind it is open. A pile of bloody blankets and medical instruments lie heaped in the corner. You shudder to think what this means. Sister Olive, stepping up to the open freezer, you search the darkness for any sign of her. You don't see her at first. Then your foot bumps something half buried in ice just inside the doorway. It's a lower leg with a black slipper still attached. You shudder. You've discovered Sister Olive. Beside her are two more corpses, another brother and sister that also work in the kitchens. Suddenly a voice comes from behind you. They were too close to the truth, you see. I had to silence them. You turn around and find yourself staring down the barrel of a pistol in the hands of a middle-aged, spotted, overweight man, Father Santuzo. You're not a priest at all, you say. Oh, but I am, my friend. A priest of a very ancient order dedicated to the worship of the god of food. Or at least our continued consumption of it. He grins. You might say we've been around as long as civilization itself. He waves his gun towards the open freezer. You say, wait, what, what is this ancient order called? We are the keepers of the food, of course. We've been around for centuries, serving the cause of culinary culture. Culinary culture? You repeat. Yes, culinary culture. The fine art of food and drink. The science of nutrition and flavor. The rituals of hunger, preparation, and consumption. We believe that the quality of life can be measured by the quality and quantity of food you eat. It is the only way into the afterlife. Father Custard said you were working for Don Linoleum, you say breathlessly. Father Custard was a fool, a well-meaning fool, but a fool nonetheless. He saw what he wanted to see and ignored the rest. Father Custard thought we were working for Don Linoleum. We are not. Don Linoleum is our puppet. You try to think of some way out of this, but it seems hopeless. Santuzo steps forward, his face coming within inches of your own. The only thing I need to know now is how much he told you. N nothing you stammer. The priest's eyes narrow. You will tell me, Brother Chili. Tell me, or suffer. I don't know anything, you protest. Father Santuzo smiles. Then you won't mind if I give you a little encouragement? He pulls out a small, sharp-looking knife and runs it across your cheek, no. drawing a thin trickle of blood. I must know, Brother Chili. Did he mention your parents? He, 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 he said they're dead, and that you killed them. Looking into the smug, pouchy face of Father Santuzo, a wave of rage explodes through your body. You slam your fist into his face as hard as you can. He falls back, dropping the knife and clutching his bloody nose. You little... He leaps forward, knocking you to the floor and pinning you down. He stabs the knife into your shoulder, twisting it around as you scream in pain. 
Now I see you truly do know too much. You will join Father Furter and Sister Olive. He pulls out the knife and you slam your knee up into his groin, but are surprised to find that he doesn't seem to have any genitals. You fool. We keepers of the food are castrated when we take the... He is cut off as you manage to twist away and kick him back into the open freezer. The door slams shut, trapping him inside as he slams his fist on the door. You stagger to your feet, clutching your wound. You have to get out of here, and quickly. You stagger down the dark aisles and back towards the elevator, hoping to find some way back up above ground. You hurry down the aisles, past freezers full of hanging carcasses of beef and lamb. You hear Father Santuzo thumping around in the freezer, looking for a way out. You suddenly stop when you notice an entire freezer full of what looks like hot dogs. You've never seen so many different kinds before. Polish sausages, knockwurst, bratwurst, Italian sausages, chorizo, and even simply hot dogs. This can't be, you stammer. You reach out and grab one of the packages from the freezer, reading the label, 100% human flesh. You stare at the package in shock. You feel your world start to spin as you slip to the floor. You don't know whether it's because you've lost blood or because of what you're holding in your hands. After a moment, you regain your balance and find a small wooden door behind one of the large machines with stairs leading up to the abbey. You stagger up the stairs, bursting out of a hatch. You find yourself in the abbey's kitchen. You can hear the monks singing from the grease room nearby. You stagger over to the door and open it, walking into the grease room itself. The monks all fall silent as you walk in, clutching your blood-stained robe. Brother Cheeseburger sits at the back of the room, looking shocked. Brother Chili, what, what happened to you? He asks nervously. Father, Father Santuzo, he, he killed them both. You shout at the room. What? He, he wouldn't. He, he killed Father Furter and Sister Olive, and two more, and he tried to kill me too. I barely escaped. The monks all looked at each other nervously. We have to tell someone, you say. Oh, come on now, brother, Brother Cheeseburger says as he approaches you slowly. I'm sure there's a reasonable uh, explanation for this. Why would Father Santuzo kill two of his own and try to kill you? Come on now. I, I don't know, you say, feeling dizzy, but he... he... Your words are cut off as Brother Cheeseburger suddenly lunges at you with a kitchen knife that was concealed in his robe. Brother Chili, you are a very stupid boy, he snarls. You try to escape, but the other monks quickly grab you and hold you down. They grab your arms and legs, holding them out wide. Brother Cheeseburger walks over to you with the knife in his hand. I'm sorry, Brother Chili. Suddenly, Brother Cheeseburger is knocked to the ground and your limbs are free. Brother Cola opens, stands above him with a huge grin and a giant stale baguette in his hands like a stone club and gestures for you to get up. You and Brother Cola open fight back against the rest of the monks, which soon turns into a full-blown melee. You manage to keep them at bay with a chair leg, while Brother Cola open fights them off with his baguette. To the door, he shouts. A large, bald-headed brother blocks your path, one who you have not seen before. He must have come on the boat with Santuzo and Father Custard. He cracks his knuckles in anticipation. Oh dear, you say. 
You and Brother Cola open rush the large brother. He flicks out his wrist and catches Brother Cola open across the face, sending him to the floor. He tries to flick his wrist again, but this time you catch his arm and bring the chair leg down on his knuckles. He howls in pain and falls backward, dropping down to one knee. You bring the chair leg down on his head, but he catches it in his hand. Brother Cola open is up on his feet again and scrambling along the nearby kitchen countertop for some kind of weapon. The large brother easily flings you aside and sends you crashing into the nearby tables. You try to pull yourself up, but your body is weak and you are slow to react as he catches you with his foot and knocks you back down again. He raises his foot for another blow, but pauses when he hears a whirring sound. He turns to face Brother Cola Open, who holds a cordless electric egg beater in one hand. He switches the egg beater on and it whirs to life, and he wields it with a practiced expertise. With a deft jab, he hits the large brother squarely in the head with a sharp crunch, and his eyes roll into the back of his head as he falls backwards. Come, Brother Cola Open shouts, grabbing you. You run out of the room and head towards the front door of the abbey. As you run down the hall, you can hear a muffled voice coming from one of the rooms. Hello, is somebody there? Please help me. You call Brother Cola open to a halt and dash into the room, which is a prep room normally used to chop toppings and salad ingredients. Inside, you find a bloodied and battered Father Custard, stripped to his underwear and chained to the wall. Cholesterol! It's Father Custard, you say. Are you all right? I've been better, my lad, he says. Quickly now, the keys are around the neck of that giant bald-headed motherfucker back there in the kitchen. You run back to the grease room, and as you enter, a pair of monks look up from the fallen form of the giant brother that was just beaten to death. Brother Mayonnaise and Brother Truffle. You, Brother Truffle says, spitting out a gold tooth. This is all your fault. Brother Mayonnaise runs at you with a carving knife. You dodge out of the way as he accidentally stabs Brother Truffle in the chest. You grab a heavy frying pan off the counter and clobber him over the head. Brother Truffle tries to pull the knife out of his chest and staggers after you, but stumbles and falls. You finish him off with a second pan blow and he falls to the ground. You grab the key ring off the hulking dead monk on the floor and dash back into the prep room. Father Custard is trying to wiggle free of his chains. You quickly unlock the shackles and help him up. Thank you, Chili. I'll never forget this. We have to go, now! You and Brother Cola open, and Father Custard rush out of the prep room and into the kitchen. You can hear shouting from the dining area. This way, Father Custard says, leading you to a door that leads outside. You follow him outside and into the large garden of the abbey. You run along a dirt path between tall, mature trees and overgrown bushes. You see a break in the wall on the other side of the garden, and you run towards it. Where are we going? You have to make for the wharf in town and get to the mainland, Father Custard says. You reach the wall and clamber through the opening in the wall. It turns a corner into a narrow alleyway on the other side. At the far end is a street where you can see several large men in leather jackets standing around a car. They seem not to be looking in your direction, however. Damn, those are Don Linoleum's goons, Father Custard says. They must have been expecting trouble. We can't go back the way we came. We have to get to the docks and find a way off this rock. You turn and head down the alleyway towards the street. As you reach the end of the alleyway, you hear a shout behind you. There they are! 
A pair of monks stand behind you, framed in the opening of the wall. The goons turn and spot you and start running towards you, pulling guns from their belts. Run! Father Custard shouts. You turn and sprint down the street, followed by a hail of gunfire. You hear several bullets thud into Father Custard, who lets out a pained grunt with every hit. He stumbles and falls to the ground. Father, no! You yell, no! Bullets hit the ground all around you, kicking up puffs of dust. You slide to a halt next to Father Custard and turn to face your assailants. Watch out! One of the thugs shouts. They think you're armed and it seems to scare them, causing them to take cover. Go, Brother Chili, go. You must make it to Neo New York and contact the hot dog police. Chief Pringaman, he's the only one who can bring these animals to justice. You look down at Father Custard, who is bleeding from several bullet holes. He's dying. I'll get you to a doctor, you say. I'm taking you to the hospital. No, it's too late, my boy. I'm going to see the great burger lord now. I'll make them pay for what they did to you. I swear it, father, you say, tears streaming down your face. Chief Pringaman, Pringaman. Father Custard closes his eyes and dies. You hear the thugs shouting at you from the far end of the street. You're dead meat, Brother Chili. One of them shouts. Yeah, you're hot dog meat, you worthless loser. You pick up and sprint around a corner before they regain their courage, bullets spattering the ground around your feet. You see a bus coming down the street and wave your arms. The bus pulls over and you run towards it. You hear the men approaching, swearing and yelling. They fire a few more shots at you, but miss. You leap into the bus as the driver pulls away from the curb. At the last second, Brother Cola Open dives aboard, clutching a bleeding gash on his arm. Go! 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 He shouts at the driver. The bus speeds away. You turn and look out the back window. The thugs are standing in the middle of the road, staring after you. One of them raises his gun and fires a shot. It smashes through the rear window and out the front window, just barely missing the driver. The driver curses but keeps his nerve. You boys are lucky they didn't stop us. I think those were linoleum's goons. I hope this doesn't come back to me. Uh, my name is Wally, by the way. Thanks, Wally, you say. You sink into a seat and stare out the window as the small, two-story brick buildings of Dogtown slowly dissolve into countryside. You think about Father Custard, who sacrificed himself so you could escape. You hear Brother Cola open talking to Wally, but your mind is elsewhere. It's a ways to the docks. You only hope there won't be more trouble waiting there for you when you arrive. The landscape rolls past the window and tears form in your eyes. What has happened? Just a few short days ago, you were serving customers at the Abbey's Fried Burger Joint. Now Father Frank is dead and you are a fugitive on the run. You think about your family and wonder if they are even alive. You think about your mother, father, and your little sister. You hope they are alright and that you'll see them again. You think about your friends back at the Abbey and how they were all against you. All of them. You wonder if any of them were truly your friends, except for poor Brother Cola Open. You wipe the tears from your eyes and slide over to Brother Cola Open and ask him if he's alright. He nods and says he's fine, but he's obviously in shock. He's pale and shaking a bit. You sit with him in silence for the rest of the trip. 
The bus pulls into the docks and you and Brother Cola open, disembark. You're in the warehouse district and see a ship at the far end of the docks. You carefully move into the shadows along the waterfront, watching for more danger. You hear a voice call out to you. Hey, you there, wait up. You turn and see a small man dressed in rags running towards you. He's dark-skinned and has a thick black beard. He reminds you of pictures you've seen of the prophet felt awful. Hey, I'm talking to you, he shouts again. What, you say, stopping. Your brother Chili, aren't you? The man asks. Yes, who are you? My name is Ardan. I was sent to find you. Wait, sent by who? To do what? I'll explain on the way. We don't have much time. The man you escaped from is Don Linoleum. He owns this entire port and most of the ships that come here. He also has connections in high places, so the militia doesn't bother him. Then why doesn't the church step in and stop him? He owns the church, too, obviously. I heard what happened up there at the Abbey to Father Frankfurter. Yes, I was there. It was horrible. I am sorry for your loss, but we must move quickly. The ship is going to leave soon. We have to get you two aboard. What? Why? Because it's the only way you're going to survive. He knows who you are, what you look like, everything. If he catches you, he'll kill you. But if you get on that ship, you'll be safe. The captain is a friend of mine. I've told him to keep an eye out for you. As you make your way towards the ship, Arden explains how Father Custard asked him to make sure that you and anyone with you made it off the island safely. Good old Father Custard, always looking out for you. Arden, how do I know I can trust you and these sailors? You ask. You can't. You'll just have to hope that Father Custard knew what he was doing when he sent us. The two of you reach the ship and board it. The crew are all big burly men hardened by years at sea. They stare at you, unsmiling. You and Arden head to the captain's room where you find a well-dressed man with a thin mustache and goatee. He smiles, but the smile does not reach his eyes. Hello, he says. I'm the Captain Ian Toller. Are you ready to depart? Yes, yes, Captain. Thank you. Brother Cola Open has been hurt. Do you have a doctor on board? We have a nurse. That will have to do. The captain nods and you and Brother Cola Open enter the cabin. You find that it's very luxurious with a large bed and many paintings and tapestries adorning the walls. You lay Brother Cola open on the bed and wait. After a few minutes, the nurse arrives. She is young, with long blonde hair and a kind expression. Oh dear, she says, rushing over to check on Brother Cola open. What happened to him? He was hurt by the men who killed Father Frank. I see. It's my professional opinion that he needs rest and should not be moved for at least three days. If he's still suffering then, we will reevaluate. Thank you, nurse. The nurse turns and leaves the room, and the captain steps forward. You say, Captain, thank you for taking us in. How long will the journey to Neo New York take us? Yeah, with this ship, about one week. The nurse will be able to give you something to help you sleep. You should get some rest. We have to get to Neo New York as quickly as possible. There's an evil here that must be stopped. The captain frowns. I see, he says. Well, I'll get you there as quickly as possible, but you should rest. Thanks, captain, you say, and he leaves the cabin. You turn and put your hand on Brother Cola Open's shoulder. He looks at you with eyes full of vulnerability. Don't worry, everything will be okay if we can reach the hot dog police in Neo New York. I promise. Grease be with you, brother. You pause. Although, I'm not sure I even know what that means anymore. 
The nurse returns with a small paper cup of pills and you swallow one before lying down. You are out like a light seconds later. You do not wake up for a very long time. You have been listening to Brother Chili, Act 1, Episode 1, The New Abbot Arrives, created by Malcolm Sutherland and written with AI Dungeon Dragon Engine. This episode of Deep Folk Tales from the Generator is a Studio Tortu production and was recorded in August of 2020.